There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Bowen. And we want to introduce you to the new cantina menu at Taco Bell. Ooh! It's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients. Great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself. The slow-roasted chicken. Mm. Pico de gallo. Purple cabbage. Yummy. And new avocado verde salsa sauce. Okay! With new menu options like cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla, there's something for everyone. With this new cantina chicken menu, the possibilities are endless. Try the new cantina Tina chicken menu at Taco Bell. Look, man. There. Oh, I see. Wow. Oh, and look over there. Wow. Is that oh, culture? Uh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Las Culturistas. Ding dong. Las Culturistas calling. All right, Bo. Now, we both have some topical things to discuss. We do. I think you have the more pertinent thing, which is that you went to the big festival. Tell us about that. I wish to go to the festival and I did go to the festival. The festival being the Coachella oh, Music Time Festival. Reference? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I went, I had, it was the first time I ever went. I'm back from the desert. I'm going to call my experience a nine out of 10. Wow. It was really wonderful. In, in that, like it was a new experience and it was many good experiences. I will say it, it rotated between being the worst moments of my life and then like it was like an hour of the best and then two minutes of the worst. Like when you're in like very So then that areas, evens out to a nine out of ten. That, that yes. just brought it down to a nine. But I experienced much culture there. Rosalia is unbelievable. I mean, it's just insane. Yeah. And then I saw the Chemical Brothers. Did you know about them? Yeah, the Chemical Brothers are true classic icons. True, true classic icons. <laughs> They've been around. Chemical them. Brothers have been around. Yeah, I sort of got into a state and then watched them, and it was really amazing. Lovely. Um, what else? Uh, Muna absolutely killed it. It was so oh fun my and God. emotional Boy to Genius watch them. and Muna. Boy Genius came out. It was unbelievable. The one thing I'll say is, um, and I don't even know whether or not it's like, I don't think so, honey, but the Frank of it all, the Frank Ocean of it all. Right. So I was there very much experiencing the Frank Ocean uh, breakdown as it was happening. And I would say it was almost too confusing and concerning to be I don't think so, honey, level, because there was so clearly something wrong and something going on that he just was that late, was that lame, and then left that abruptly. It was just... I felt bad for everyone that really went to that music f- festival just to see him, which was a lot of people, it felt like. Right. But it wasn't a good vibe. I haven't quite dissected this for myself yet, but it just, I feel like as a viewing public, we have seen 
a version of this happen, not at the scale, maybe um, mm-hmm. you know, it's Coachella, but you know, I feel like there are experiences where I've seen an artist. I won't name names, but I've seen an artist like really like, you know, when that does happen, it's like, you can't really like mm. jeer and boo because it's like, okay, that person, there's something going on that we can't really weigh in on. And that's okay. And maybe that's, was, maybe that's the situation for Frank. Yeah. And there was no jeering or booing. It was more of sort of just like thousands Confusion. and thousands of people sort of being like, Oh, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And then we all kind of left. They built a roller, sk- not a roller skating rink. They built an ice skating rink for his performance on the stage uh-huh. and then had to melt the ice skating rink and break it down because he decided he didn't want it. And then came out and sang, I think, between five and six songs, but with long breaks in between. It was odd. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, there's only three headliners and one of them is like, meh. And then it's kind of like, oh, and it's the Sunday night. So then it ends on a bad note. But overall, it was really fun. Blackpink was in the area. They were very fun. Those girls really, they do have choreo down. And that's actually a rule of culture number 19. Blackpink, Blackpink those, those girls, girls, they really, really do, do have, have choreo, choreo down. down. The four of them together, they simply dance and sync. They really do. I love that this was your first music festival. I've only been first. to one. It was at the now defunct Mile High Music Festival in 2009 this was years mm-hmm. ago and i have not gone back since you did break your no new gay men policy i i do want to point out you did meet some new gay people okay. and i feel like you've betrayed your own values and okay I, uh, first of all i, I don't need criticism from you. you first of all i don't need any policing <laughs> from you okay just just before you get into this right now and then mm-hmm. transition into whatever it is you have gone I don't need the criticism from you. I can reinstate gay men in my life at any pace. No, because you have a tone. You really do I, have a tone. No, there's no tone. I'm pretty neutral. I feel, but okay. okay. Well, the, now, so far, so neutral. Now, what's going on with you, Bo? I this just happened before we went on the Zoom. Okay. <laughs> there is something going on with gay men in my life who I might have gone on one date with that uh-huh. you know was perfectly mid fine. Maybe not gone on a date with, maybe skipped to like the saucier parts and skipped the date altogether. Sometimes you skip right from the meeting to the sauciness and that's gay culture, unfortunately. And that's gay culture. But there's there there are men from all of these buckets who are in the last week reaching out to be like, hey, will you um, host a gala for my work or Mm. something? And I'm like, I gala. I, I, not a gay gala, but like they'll work at some, I don't know, they'll work at some company and they go, we have this meeting, this yeah. like <laughs> retreat-esque adjacent thing. And mm-hmm. they'll be like, will you host it? And I'm like, I don't know what to say. I haven't mm-hmm. heard from you. This is how you're going to zombie me? Mm-hmm. I don't think so, honey. It's, this is not my, I don't think so, honey. That'll, I have a totally different thing that feels also pertinent, but, um, I don't know. I'm just noticing that. And and I have to, unfortunately, dig further down into no new gay men policy for myself. Right. That's just because the thing that feels like is happening with you is that you meet a new gay man and suddenly they're asking you to host a gala. And I know that all the girls out there listening to this are sort of understanding. They say, <laughs> can relate. I, I met a gay they man. Too, and they, they're asking me to host their gala. And I'm sure no one's going to feel extremely specifically targeted by this and listening. I never said that this was a universal experience. I understand this to be pretty unique. I just think it seems universal on the other end where the unifying gay experience right now is to ask Bowen Yang to host, <laughs> host a gala. To host your gala. 
And I don't think I can do it. And have you said no to all galas? I have not said no to all galas. No, no, no. I'm not ruling out galas. I'm just noticing that there is this uptick of galas. Oh, yeah. This is is gala season. It's It's spring. It's gala season. People are sort of getting out their best gala gowns. When is the Met Gala again? I think it's in two weeks. Oh, that's so soon. See what I'm saying? It's gala season. So we've sort of come out of Pisces season season and into gala season. Mercury is going back in retrograde. No mistake there. No mistake. And can I just clarify? I I don't like gay men still. Since the beginning of this year, I don't like gay men anymore. I'm just willing to tolerate (laughs) them in small groups. But you should have seen me at Coachella, but you would have been very happy Well, you went to Coachella. Yeah, well, a a gay man would sort of approach and I would sort of do this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You stay over there. Keep it moving. You go over there now. You go over keep there. Keep it tweaker. moving is the is the slogan. Yeah, keep it moving. Oh yeah, keep it moving, tweaker. But here's the thing: so we've both had our experiences at festivals and galas, which so far is the title of app, festivals and galas. But but basically, what's happening now is this is a, a moment in time for the podcast and for the culture at large. I would say, Bo. Absolutely, and I I think it's relevant to bring up like our sort of general social malaise. Between you and I, I'm just mm-hmm. like, I don't really want to like engage too much with people right now. What I will do is completely withdraw, retreat in a healthy way and watch everything our guest has been in. Literally watch every interview that is on YouTube of our guest. Because you described it as ASMR. It's ASMR. There's just something so, it feels like aquaphor. It feels mm. like something like an ointment. It feels like <laughs> something that can heal. Do you know what I mean? I 100% do. Can I say, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but if you ever want to feel safe, just sit yourself down in front of the work of our guest and you will feel taken care of. You will feel healed. You will feel entertained. And isn't that what you want out there if you're listening to this podcast right now? Do you not want to be entertained? If that's not the case, then don't watch our guest work. I mean, well, I don't know what to say. I said last week on the podcast, I don't know if you're say. not ready for a fucking 10, then turn off the Melanie Linsky project if you're not ready for a 10. This is one of the coolest days we've had on the podcast so far. I can't believe it's just going to be Absolutely. a Wednesday drop. It doesn't follow weeks of fanfare. It's just going to be something we give to the readers on a Wednesday. These lucky fuckers. <laughs> I am so excited. I mean, it's like literally fruitless to list all the credits. What you need to know right Truly now fruitless. is that our guest is absolutely, as gay men say, we wouldn't know because we don't talk to them anymore, but turning the party divas down. We need to triage these divas that are collapsing on all sides of our guest on Yellow Jackets on Showtime. Just a true legend, Bo. A true legend. I, gosh, I mean, the, the irony is that her work is healing, even though Recently, of late, it is brutal, extremely violent. (laughs) Between Yellow Jackets, between Candy, um, between The Last of Us, people are dying on these shows. Left Mm -hmm. and right. Our guest is dying. Our guest is dying. Constantly murdered by entities. By either, you know, a mushroom guy or Jessica Biel. You just, (laughs) you you never know. What would be worse? Well, I guess we can ask our guest. (laughs) We'll we'll, we'll ask our guest. Who who is it worse to be murdered by? That'll be the first question. We're so (laughs) honored and thrilled she is here. I briefly got to meet her earlier this last year. It was the highlight of the Emmys night for me. I was Mm. like, I don't care what happens. I got to meet her. I got to meet Jason. I got to meet Tanya. I got to meet Julia. I met every, I got to meet, oh my God, everybody. Oh my God, it was so special, but especially our guest. 
Christinta was there. I Ugh. couldn't believe it. We're so, so thrilled. Wow. Everyone, please welcome into your ears. Melody Linsky! Wow. Oh my God, you guys, that's such a nice introduction. I can't believe it. Well, we had to basically after we tortured you with the mic setup, we had to we had to do no, some right sorry. by you. I tortured you with the mic setup. No. I tortured you. Not at I was all. I was not prepared <laughs> with all the different things. I'm so bad at it. It's our responsibility to educate. And we didn't do that. And we, I think we we failed you. And Doug, thank God for Doug. Doug was able to swoop in and save the day. Yeah, so thank Doug, you, Doug did a wonderful job. He's and an everybody icon. educated me. It, it was my fault only. No, we're putting this to you now. Who was it worse to be murdered by? A sea of mushroom people or Jessica Biel? Probably a sea of mushroom people. Yeah. Yeah, it was more technical. <laughs> I mean, Jessica, we choreographed like a big fight scene that we right. had to do together. Mm-hmm. And it was... It was very heartbreaking and difficult, but it was also kind of an incredible experience. Anytime you get to work with Jessica Biel, it's pretty amazing. I really love Mm -hmm. her. Do you love Jessica Biel? That's actually really good to know. I absolutely love her. And as an actor, she's so exciting to work with. There's so much happening. Yeah. I love her. She's underrated. She's She's very very underrated. underrated. Yeah. Extremely. Yeah. You were saying she was giving... She's one of those actors who gives something different on every take, or mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's like a Juliet Lewis kind of thing, where it's like, oh my well, god, nothing, like, nothing what are we is get? a Juliet Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> nothing oh. except for Juliet Lewis is a Juliet Lewis experience. Oh my um, god, it's just that you're just kind of witnessing, um, yeah. and you're just like, what's going to happen? I can't <laughs> wait. It's so amazing. Um, but yeah, Jess definitely like gives something different. Is very very present, very connected. It's mm. really it's it's great. The, the whole last episode of, of Candy, Matt, have you seen it? I mean, no, it's scary, it's gory. Like I think I've that, peaked, that, that yeah, rules I peaked it out in on for Candy. You. The thing is, the thing is, I don't think you'd like it. With everything, I at least peek in. Okay, I at least peek in yes. on everything. But that's been my thing with Yellow Jackets. Is it is as I'm sure you know from working it quite extensively on the project. It is mm-hmm. what I what I'd refer to a brutal and relentless show. I <laughs> but know, it's also, I know. I've heard you talk about it on the podcast. I can't it's believe you listen to this. I love it. I what? I love this podcast. <laughs> My friend Matt told me once that you guys <laughs> he's wonderful <laughs> he's been one of my best friends since we were 15 years old in new plymouth new zealand uh, um and he lives here in los angeles now thank god um mm. but he was like i can't believe you don't listen to that <laughs> he was like it's so weird to me that you don't listen to Las culturistas i was like i'm not really like a podcast person mm. and he was like well that's okay you should he full judgment he really judged me for it so then I started just to tell Matt, like, you know, uh, I yeah. gave it a chance. And then I was in, in love, obsessed. I had to go back into the archives. Oh, my God. You did not go into yeah. the archives. He is quite far back into the archives. Like, it was all I would listen oh, to. Oh, no. Yeah. See? No, it's great. <laughs> there has not been a bad episode. I, see, that is, <laughs> that is that I've a heard. big claim. We've had over 300. They're, okay, sure. That, fair enough. It's, fair it's, enough. We're not talking about Melly Linsky's filmography here, where there's actually no bad things. I was just. Oh, there is some bad things. No, I, I mean, like, I was actually just reading an interview with you in my uh, in my research. <laughs> but you were saying um, your number one thing is to pick good scripts or things that you think have the potential to be lasting or a project you want to be a part of and not yeah. necessarily like looking what the role is for me, et cetera. You said you got that advice from Matt Damon. And I wonder, yes. like, 
when that changes for you, when it bridges from being like, I'm a working actor, I'm really just trying to get the next job to when you can be more discerning and when you can feel like you can actually like, you know, key into the things that you think are substantial. Like, do you remember when that point was? I mean, I tried to do that even when I didn't have very many options. Right. I, you know, even just auditioning for things, I tried to not audition for things that I didn't feel somewhat mm. passionate about. I didn't always have that mm-hmm. option. There were times when I just needed to work like everybody. Right. Um, but then at a certain point, I think it was after, like after the movie I did with Matt Damon, I did a couple of other movies that year mm-hmm. um, that were well received and things kind of shifted a little bit after that. And I yeah. got to be a bit more picky. So I was lucky to have just gotten that great advice right. from Matt Damon. <laughs> Well, thank God for Matt Damon on set. Thank God. Thank God He's got to be thank kicking God. back. I picture Matt Damon in my mind's eye like, let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> is he running the room? <laughs> no, he's quite, He's very charismatic, but he's not. Um, he's kind of the only famous person that I've ever been around where you don't know when he's entered the room. Like he oh, can kind of sneak up behind wow. you and tap you on the shoulder and you're like, oh, Matt Damon. Everyone else, there's sort of like a thing, a feeling and yeah. people kind of like, but he can just. He can kind of be undetected in a way that a lot of other famous people can't. He should work in a haunted house. (laughs) He should. (laughs) (laughs) He'd be amazing. He'd be incredible. This is truly the most like IRL anecdote I can say right now, but I can confirm this because I literally, this was last week. Mm. I I walked into work. I walked onto the eighth floor of work. We share the same floor as Seth Meyers. He must have been there to promote air. But literally, I like walk. I walk out. I say hi to some crew guys. I'm like, hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? And then, out of nowhere, he like bounds out of the hallway, hmm. taps me on the shoulder, says, "Hey, how's it going, man?" I was like, "Oh, hey." I was like, "Oh, just some." I was like, "That's some guy who works here." Yeah. And I was like, "Wait, no that that was that was Matt Damon," <laughs> and it it was that thing of like he just kind of like is able to like blend into the sort of ambient aspect of whatever space he's in. And I'm like, that is impressive. That is truly amazing. It is really impressive. And I think it's why he's kind of both like movie star and character actor. Every Because he really yeah. can yes, yes. like disappear into a role in a way that like so many famous people can't. Yeah. You'll never forget um, like Goodwill Hunting. Like it's so funny that he does like sort of disappear in, in, in like everyday life because Goodwill Hunting, just remember like him on screen and his like side bang. Remember yeah. that iconic '90s <laughs> side bang they would all have, and he's like, him and Leo were really, yeah, oh really, yeah, they were really kings of there. the like sort of flop hair. And I, of course, yeah. I, I don't use flop as a pejorative here. And flop is not being used in a derogatory way. I'm using simply as a, a, to describe the shape of their hair, which mm-hmm. I'm sort of doing right now on the Zoom. But yeah. that was like peak '90s hair. It was like that, like sort of Dawson's Creek, but elevated to an Oscar caliber film. You really couldn't do better than that. <laughs> And for someone who really blends into a room, even at Studio 8H or on sets of films, he absolutely explodes off the screen. And we celebrate Matt Mm -hmm. Damon for that. And we want to announce that Matt Damon is a finalist. Oh, my God. Really? He's a finalist. Matt Damon is a finalist. Congratulations. Congrats, Matt. (laughs) This is the biggest honor of your career, I'm sure. It's probably up there. You think? Yeah. (laughs) That's very nice. Melanie, we're going to get some returns by the end of the episode. But I think there's a really good shot that you are a finalist as well. No, you're a finalist.
there's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place. Whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long, Matt. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. Now, we all know we love to vacation together. We have various happy places. We love to go to Orlando, Florida. We love to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. We love to go to a beach anywhere. We love to go to Europe. But when we have truly traveled the world globally and domestically. My happy place is with my sister in any of those locations he just listed. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals, and you can even choose your own crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. For me, I'm choosing Matt Rogers. I'm choosing producer Becca. Yes. We're all going together, the Lost Coach family. So download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy place with Priceline. Well, spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa credit card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or a home. You know what I love about the Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card? What? There are no annual fees, interest, or credit checks to apply. Yes! You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Take back your finances. Build credit using your own money. Yeah. Did you know that with Chime Credit Builder that you can get paid up to two days early with direct deposit? I did. You can also overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualifying direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com forward slash culturistas that's chime.com forward slash culturistas chime feels like progress the chime credit builder visa credit card is issued by the bancorp bank na or stride bank na members fdic spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply out of network atm withdrawal and otc advance fees may apply terms and conditions apply go to chime.com slash disclosures for details do you know what it means to be a finalist? I do know what it means. Okay, perfect. It's a new term. Okay, great. Okay, great, great. Because it's new in the lexicon. No, it's a brand new term, but I, I listen. <laughs> I heard it. I heard you talking about it. Oh let's talk about, let's talk about. Yeah, I know that Darcy Carden is a finalist. She's a finalist. Yes. Oh my God. She's going to be thrilled. Yeah. She's going to be thrilled. Deservedly so. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. She's going to be thrilled to hear you say her name out loud. I, I feel. <laughs> in my Have you, terrible accent. No, you, first of all, let's. Darcy Carden. Let's stop it right there. Because here's the thing. I think people often forget that you have this accent because they you do. are a master of dialects. But then you do a spit take and almost spit off your coffee as I'm saying that. But the thing is, it <laughs> is true. Like, how Don't did you, you get agree? so good at this? 
I just watched a lot of movies. Really? Thank you for Is that it? I'm good at it. Mm-hmm. So it's not like intensive, like like speech and dialect training at university. No, I never went to. I went to university <laughs> for a year. You said I did go to university this. for a year. Uh-huh. No, I did say forget this. <laughs> but there were some times when I would have a dialect coach on set for a job, uh-huh. and I would try to get as much information from them as I could about other accents. Mm-hmm. So I could like well, what have about, a little like, bang. So, so Alabama. It was so perfectly keyed in for that. Thank you. We had a dialect coach for that who was wonderful. Her name was like, Reese Witherspoon. Like, it's always helpful. <laughs> she was concerned. She was concerned about the accent, getting the accent right. She was like, y'all, um, I don't know oh, about sure. her, y'all. <laughs> I don't know about Melanie Linsky. No, I don't think she said that. That was she my race. She never that. said that. She's always been very supportive. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. She cried. We saw each other at the Emmys and she burst into tears. What? Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, she was like, look where we both are. We're both nominated. Oh, that's I nice. know. I was like, you have an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get you one of those. You've been in this position before, but um, it was so sweet that she was like moved by it and like mm. happy for me. It was really sweet. Mm. So sweet. We love Reese in this house. Oh, she's so good. You have to have so many like old friends like from starting out because i mean let's just say it started it all started with heavenly creatures which was your first mm. time acting my first time acting like like professionally right. yeah outside of like a school play or local theater yeah so which, that was what yeah. 95 we filmed it in 93 and it came out in 94 right yeah i was 15 when i did it wow and so yeah. that's you and kate winslet Mm-hmm. And she's sort of iconically still around. We actually just saw her in Avatar 2, The Way of Water. Um, oh, I heard you talk about it. <laughs> it's the first time that I wanted to see that movie was after you talked about it. Really? Like, suddenly, yeah. You don't have an interest yeah. in Avatar? No, oh, sorry, I don't. That's okay. No problem. I don't know. I don't understand it. It's hard for me to connect. <laughs> sure. You're not one with the yeah. Navi. No. So many billions are. It's okay. <laughs> I, I don't... <laughs> So many billions, yeah. They don't need me. But I would imagine it's like this thing of like, you'll be at an event or something like, like let's say the Emmys or Critics' Choice or whatever it is, and you'll look around and you'll be like, oh, I know, I've known that person for like 30 years in some cases. Yes. Yeah. That's wild. It does happen. I know. It's so weird. So crazy. Or that it's like. so old. No, no, no. But that's, it's just that like, for you to describe the scene in Don't Look Up where you're like. Throwing pills at Leo, right? Like he, mm-hmm. he walks back in with Kate Blanchett. You're like, for you to say that, like Kate Blanchett being in the room was comforting to you. That, like, oh my I gosh, know. this is my old friend. For Kate Blanchett to be this comforting presence because of your friendship over the years, I think that's like where it sort of all sort of it cashes yeah. in, like these relationships that you've built for you know such a long time. Yeah, I could not believe what my brain was telling me that day. Like, thank God for Kate. Like, <laughs> Kate's going to be the one who's going to keep me calm and make me feel safe and okay. Because I didn't know Adam McKay. I didn't know Leo. I, you know, nobody. That was the first day of work? Um, yeah, it was my first day of work. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. Yeah. So was I that felt scene. very grateful. Yeah, I know. So scary. I love that scene so much. And by the way, this is the big question that I wanted to ask you for a very long time, which is like, I think you've said multiple times that your acting is, is very instinctual. You're, you know, you're not as precise as you would say other actors might be about like, okay, it's mm-hmm. going to be this and then this and this and then this, there's no like sequential thing to it. Um, yeah. And yet I always find your performances so precise and specific. And like, even, even in yellow jackets, like last week where, you know, um, you know, your daughter's like, 
So you killed a guy and then you're like, no, yeah, well, no, like you just, the face journey there is already so like, (laughs) so great. And I find it so interesting that you, that this comes so naturally to you. And that is, that is like a true mark of your skill, I guess. I think people just have different ways of working. Like I remember once I was on a flight and I was sitting next to somebody who was like, highlighting all the different lines in their script with a different color highlighter Mm -hmm. and then going over their lines and like I could see her choosing the gestures she was going to make like when she did the lines Uh um, Uh and like practicing the the same gesture like over and over on the line and I just was like isn't that interesting like it took everything in me to not just turn around and watch because it's such a different process to really like map it out in that way i i don't know i just have to let it happen happen. and it can be challenging if you're working with an actor who's not like giving a lot Mm -hmm. because of course it's not collaborative it's not collaborative and you can feel like you're kind of running uphill and doing too much in that case but i really do like to just see what happens when we get there can you imagine like being on a plane or whatever and you have your script and you're sort of highlighting your script and you're rehearsing your gestures and then you look over <laughs> and Melanie Linsky is sort of staring at you like perplexed. Like, hmm. Like as an actor, you'd be like, oh, no, I'm I, I'm rehearsing my big gestures. <laughs> this is not what I should no be doing. Judgment. No, no, no judgment. On it. It's just so different. <laughs> you, you know, know I just was right. like fascinated by the process. Like, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Like, one time yeah. I was I was working with someone one time who um, it was very clear was not going to look at me during the scene but they were sort of looking where they were going to look and like doing they were sort of doing like a picture for the camera but it was not oh. acting they were kind of sort of giving just like pictures for, for the camera like they were doing their oh. thing and then there was me sort of standing there but like that I guess that happens that's that's film acting for some people I'm sure they were very easy to edit later probably <laughs> yeah. super easy the editor probably was like oh this dream <laughs> yeah. a, a series of pictures for me to put together I know I feel bad for editing no 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 but but i feel like all of your things i feel like you you do have this continuity with all your scenes too like oh like the left arm was up and (laughs) the left arm was up in the next in the next cut or something i don't know that's editing that's the hard work of editors because i'm never paying attention to that it's terrible i'm terrible the script supervisors are like melanie your left arm wasn't up in the air on that one we needed (laughs) yeah we, we need you back to where you were queen yeah I try, but... Mm. So you're just one highlighter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of um, your older stuff, like, we were talking about Ever After, as I'm sure you heard, because we were talking about Drew Barrymore on the show. Yes, I did. That was... that Your appearance on Drew Barrymore was so... I, and obviously, oh. it went viral online, like, you and Jason being there together. Yeah. But I just wanted to say, like... You guys like that it, it's it's beyond adorable. It's just like aspirational, especially as people out here who have no who who now have like no new gay men rules because of our own um recent or storied like you know attempts to make relationships happen and stuff. Yeah. What I was really like moved by and heartened by and made me feel hope again was, you know, the bravery with which he came forward and was like sitting there and was like, yeah, like I had a lot of problems. I was really struggling. And then I met the love of my life and I decided to better myself for that person. And I just like, I I was so inspired by that because not everyone is 
like that. What was the response that you guys got from that? And what was it? I don't know if that was something that you guys had talked about much. Like you probably intrinsically knew. No. But then there you are like hearing him do this and really pouring his heart out and putting it out there. I was like, I wonder what that felt like. I was so surprised. He and I have had a lot of conversations about everything. Yeah, of course. <laughs> we've had to in therapy. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know he was going to talk about that. And it's not something that he has talked about publicly a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And neither has Drew until very recently. And, you know, I've been mm. on, I've known her for so many years and been on the journey with her. Yeah. Of her process towards getting to this point in her life. And the same with Jason, like. It wasn't an easy road. Mm-mm. And I just in that moment felt kind of overwhelmed with pride and love for both of them. Yeah. That they're sitting there and they're in such good places in their life and they're really like kind and responsible people. And it just that they were talking to each other about it. I just, it was almost too much in the moment for me to <laughs> process. Yeah. I just had to kind of be like, oh, this is lovely. And then later I was like, oh, it was such a huge <laughs> Falling moment. apart. Yeah. I had to go and do another talk show afterwards and I just didn't want to leave her. Like she came into our dressing room and kicked her shoes off and we were all sitting on the sofa just kind of like huddled. And I just was like, I don't want to leave this little cocoon. She's so special. Yeah, She's she so really incredible. is. Yeah. yeah. She ain't coming into any rooms and you're not noticing. That's true. Yeah, you know that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's because she immediately climbs up next to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, oh. Chin on hand. Yeah. Chin on yeah. hand. Chin on yeah. hand. Eyeball to eyeball. I love it. Yeah. I, it, it, it I love it too. It's everyone. It's like it's like people that you can tell she's known for years and also people that you know she's just met. Like Chloe from yeah. Chloe and Hallie was on her show. And I swear to God, I just saw a screenshot of the video and it's literally Drew like sitting on the chair with her. <laughs> and I was like, I love it. And everyone's just on board. It's so sweet. It's the best. Yeah. That was a really beautiful moment. And and you t- and you two, I don't know. It was he's dropping off the kids at school right now. It's like yes. <laughs> this is aspirational. It's what Matt was saying. It's like mm-hmm. it's he and I are so jaded right now, and we're just like, what are we Aww. what are we doing? <laughs> but it's nice to see. It's nice to see like a, a perfect example of this out in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, there have been times in my life where I've tried, I've had to give myself a break and yeah. say no, no new, no new penises. <laughs> no new me. penises. Are <laughs> yeah, no these days. Yeah, Title I never episode. did very Title well. <laughs> no, well, I mean, no new penises. What? But you know, it's <gasps> difficult if yeah. you're like single and you're. It's like, well, you know, how yeah. bad could it be? But, you know, it's a process. And you're both so young. You have so so much life. I don't know. I didn't feel young at Coachella. We're getting up there. Oh, yeah. well, that's Coachella. <laughs> have you ever oh. been? I went once and I just kept saying to my husband at the time, Jimmy, please remind me, take a picture of what I look like right now and how miserable I am. So anytime oh. I say I want to do this again, you can show me the picture and say no. Yeah. Yeah, I never forgot really how smart. miserable I was. Yeah, I just was like, <laughs> you have to tell me. It was too hot. It was like, yeah, I was going to ask, was it the heat? So was it the hot. respiratory situation? Was it the crowds? Like, what? Yeah, it was the crowds. I don't like the crowds. Yeah, I felt very old, and at the time, I was like, I don't. It was like the first year of Coachella, so I was. Oh, young. really? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But it was like when it was. I think it was in May still at that point. Like it was too much. Yeah, it was so hot. 
when you're walking up, you see like the um, they have all the old rosters of who used to headline the festival. Yeah. And it's like it's it's funny because it's like the first year is literally like Tool and Muse and Rage Against the Machine. And now yeah. it's like Blackpink, Ariana Grande. It, you can t- they're they're making it yeah. much more pop, which is what's going to get me to go, because to be honest with you, like. I, it's whenever these like breakdowns of like who's playing the festivals come out, I'm not cool in terms of my music taste. Like, I don't know like alt bands. It's like, I don't know who like DJ Blaze Stink is. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I didn't know what any of this shit was. Like, I didn't even know who the Chemical Brothers were. And here's my sister saying they're an iconic, legendary um, group. But that is true. That is true. But I had an amazing time at their show. Wow. They were actually yeah. the highlight of the whole thing for me, I think. But it's just really? funny because, yeah, they, it was really, really amazing. I, it, I was also helped. I was I was aided by chemicals myself. Mm-hmm. But there I was yes. sort of like really exp- the visuals were insane, like highly recommend. But um, now I feel insane because I'm like the last person saying that because apparently I'm the last person on Earth who, who doesn't know who they are. But no, I, I think in the future, my rule will be if I really love at least one of the headliners, I'll consider it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a good rule. Yeah. yeah. But then it's like, because then it's like, I'm not just going to go to go because I agree with you. I wish I wish I had taken a picture of my miserable moments because then I'd be like, ah, yes, the part where we <laughs> yeah. had to get in and everyone was screaming at each other. That's not something we want yeah. to go back to. Sure. I think I had the opposite balance of you. I had like two minutes of joy and <laughs> like 58 minutes of misery oh, no. per hour. Yeah, it was, <laughs> oh, no. it was no good. No good. Ugh. Well, then what's the mm. ideal live music scenario for Melanie Linsky? What, what, like, what is your dream thing? Oh, God. I, it's all old. You know, like when... Please. Years ago when the Pixies like oh, did love. the tour where they were Ugh. playing all of Doolittle, that was amazing. And then they would do like very random songs for the encore. Mm. But now Kim Deal isn't in the Pixies anymore, so it's a little bit different. Mm. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. I don't know. I haven't seen live music for so long. Like, right. so long. Have you yeah. been on Kelly Clarkson's show? No, yes. I haven't. I have Wait, I thought you... Oh, that was no, Jennifer Hudson. I'm sorry. I'm getting, the, I'm getting Jennifer confused. Hudson, yeah. Oh, Jennifer you went Hudson, on Jay yes, Hudson. Yes, yes. Yeah, you have to go on Who's, Kelly Clarkson. She's got new music out, and I I love Kelly Clarkson. You, I feel like you guys would have an incredible talk. I would I would love it. Sometimes if I need to have a cry, like you just have tears inside that need to come, need out. To come out. I watch her performance of um, piece, piece by, by piece, piece when she was heavily pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> I think she did it on American Idol. She did, and she like can't get through it, and she's breaking yeah. down, yeah. and I'm just like. Ugh. That song is kind of haunted now. And um, yeah, so she wrote the song about like finally feeling she had a man in her life who would like not bail and take care of um, or ask know, for money, their daughter or ask for money, etc. And then all mm. of a sudden now we have this reality, which is very much the haunted version of that. Um, mm. But I am excited about a divorce album from her. I have to say. Me too. I can't wait. Whenever anyone can sort of figure that figure it out enough to like put it into the music, that's very exciting, especially in my sort of... Um, own era that I'm experiencing right now. Like she announced even what the lyrics were going to be. And I was just like, <laughs> like, thank God, at least, <laughs> at least I'll have more of an outlet now. Yeah. It's good. You need to have those songs that you can listen to yeah. when you're going through it. You exactly. Really do. But I think you guys yeah. would have a great chat. I'm, just, I'm just saying that, out, putting that out there for the publicists. <laughs> okay. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll do something. Jonah. About it. Jonah. <laughs> 
Jonah is so sweet. He's so wonderful. We love Jonah already. Jonah from IDPR. Oh. Shout out to him. <laughs> He's the greatest. We want to ask you the question that we ask every single one of our guests sort of the touchstone mm-hmm. of Last Culture Reasons. Jonah says he's on it. Jonah is <laughs> out to Kelly yeah, Clarkson's thank people you, to get Melanie Linsky on. All right. So, <laughs> Melanie Linsky, what was the culture mm-hmm. that made you say culture was for you? Oh, I have been agonizing over this question because obviously as such a huge uh, reader, Ooh. I knew I was going to be asked. As a child, I didn't really consume very much culture. My parents were not the kinds of parents who would like take us to movies or anything mm-hmm. like that. I remember we got to see E.T. and that was kind of it. So Major. then my brother and I were like, E.T., we've yeah. seen E.T. We were so excited. E.T. <laughs> um, scary, though. Don't you think? <laughs> I, d- I didn't find it very scary. Oh, okay. We're um, different. <laughs> That's sort so. of where two, two paths so diverge in the woods. Like, where you're like, yeah. no, I like E.T. And I'm like, I'm terrified of E.T. That's what makes me not able to stomach anything. <laughs> I know. I love it. It's very charming that you're so scared of <laughs> Thanks. It's so sweet. Everything. Oh, it's you. so cute. Yay. But I guess I would say, like, when I got to an age where I was able to start, like, seeing stuff myself and just going to the video store and getting things out, mm-hmm. um, like David Lynch, Twin Peaks oh. was like, a huge wow. thing for me. And then I saw all every sense. David Lynch movie. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is what I want to do. I, I was so, I was in love with Cheryl and Finn, like in love. Mm. And just the show was everything. And then I got into directors. I just started getting really into directors when I was like 13 mm. and seeing like all of Mike Lee and Jane Campion. I was super into. Mm. Um, so it was kind of that. And then also I got very into music because my best friend, Claire Buchanan, made me a mixtape from records that her brothers had brought home from university. And it was like The Smiths and The Cure and like a lot of like Britpop mm-hmm. bands. And then I got very mm. into music and yeah. So I guess it was that. That time in my life was very formative. We love that all that all makes sense. And I feel like you're you're such a director-driven actor too. Yeah. I do love a director. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. is there any director that like you were like coming up really loving that then you actualized actually working with? Like, and if you can, yeah. I can imagine. Could you name a couple? Steven Soderbergh. Yeah. That's mm. a good one. Uh, that was like major. My life dream. Yeah. Yeah. I saw Six Lies and Videotape and I was like, oh my God, this is the best movie ever made. When I was a teenager, I just was like, this is incredible. And I love. Sorry, I have like weird allergies and I feel like my voice sounds so weird. No. Um, oh, I'm right there okay. with you. Yeah, and also it's allergy season. Really? So that's the thing about my allergies. My eyes are shut. Is if you have them, probably everyone has them. And that's everyone. Really culture. <laughs> that's real culture number 30. Allergies, if you have allergies, them, if you have them, everyone probably has everyone them. else has them. I love that it's allergy season and gala season. Yeah, well. Ugh. Bad timing. Not good. Allergies, no. Dallas festivals, all, all, all concurrent. Mm-hmm. Truly all concurrent. All concurrent. People are supposed to appear yeah. with this with these sinuses. I don't think so, uh-huh. <laughs> honey. Um, the thing about Steven Soderbergh too, which I love, is it's like he, he's got like such a strong visual style, and like he is. But he the stories that he tells are all really different. Like he works in yeah. very different worlds. Like when you consider like yeah. 
Aaron Brockovich and also Traffic and also like Magic Mike. It's this, I know. It's it's very so versatile. It, it, yeah. Yes, very much so. And it's it's like some of those movies are protagonist driven. Some are very much ensemble driven. But mm-hmm. it all feels like there's a control over the material and always also very rewatchable. So much happens. Mm-hmm. You know, the ver- very specific worlds, very grounded, but also managing like definitely very specific like iconography as well. Like for Julia mm-hmm. Roberts to feel like a real person in Aaron Brockovich, which obviously was a court requirement because she was still to be larger than life, but existing in the world. Like it, it's he's just he's one of the greats. I say, yeah, obviously the answer is duh. <laughs> He is one of the greats. And the experience of working with him was, it lived up to my expectations, which were insane. My expectations were crazy. Right. And in the way of like, you think he's going to have like really interesting things to say to you as an actor, or he's going to be in in control. Like when you say you have high expectations, what do you mean? I just was like, this is something that I've wanted since I knew I wanted to be an actor to work with this person. Mm -hmm. And Mm. I, I don't know what this experience has to be for me to not be disappointed on some level. Like it's it's every it's my life dream and it's about to happen. Right. And then he surpassed it somehow. I mean, he just was like so collaborative. You go into the room to start blocking something and he'd be like, it doesn't have to be this room. Like, does this feel right? You know, it was so like open to moving things around and improv and mm. just like not a lot of compliments. I hate compliments. You so, hate compliments? Really? I hate compliments. I hate compliments. It feels like well, a waste We're so of time. sorry for complimenting you. We're <laughs> it's okay. I sat through it and it was very, very sweet. But at work, like when I'm working yeah. with somebody, yes, yes, you, you know I, the thing where directors come up and they're like, oh my God, beautiful. When you did that thing, oh, I don't, I hate it. I just want to feel like a grip. Like if I do something wrong, like if the camera move isn't right, like then you'll tell like the grip, like, hey, just that one little moment, you've got to smooth that out. Yeah. I don't want to feel oh, totally. different from I the rest that. of the crew. I, you know? I hear you. I hear you. So it's like, it's it's this thing of you don't want to feel like the part of the production that needs that because it's, it's, yeah. it, it's like, yeah, but there is this idea though, like that when you're an actor, I guess many directors and many other people on set think, oh, this person probably needs that because they are being vulnerable slash emotional or on the negative side of that, like they might have an ego we have to cater to. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. It's the worst feeling to feel handled. That is my worst feeling, like in any sort of professional setting. Oh, I can't stand it. Completely, completely. Somebody like trying to like bring you things all the time or walking you to the bathroom, like things that you do in your everyday life without dying, you know, you should be able to do (laughs) on set also. Exactly. Someone, yeah. someone, someone at work called me. Like a PA at work called me. Oh, you're so low maintenance. Like, they, do you want anything? I was like, no. Like, I don't know, a banana if, if we have one at Crafty. And, and she was like, you're so low maintenance. I was like, no, I'm no, I'm not. I promise you, I'm not. I'm just, I'm okay <laughs> That's right when now. I it's call like in and I say he's not high. He's not. But yeah, he's there not you go. There you go. <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm not. Not at all. But then you are like, you are like, who else are you dealing with? That's like, yes, I need this. <laughs> yeah, right. but there are some. But there, there are, are some people. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Um, for uh-huh. for Steven Soderbergh to be like, it doesn't have to be this room. That I I've, I've never gotten that before. Yeah, I'm like, crazy. oh, it could be anywhere. Yeah, just like where, what feels right, what feels good. Wow. Just and oh, that's so fun. It's just fun. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly. 
bubbly bursts. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey. Try new bubbly bursts. You know, Bowen, I sleep well. And I know I you do. I attribute that in many ways to the mattress that I sleep on. We both sleep on the Helix Midnight Mattress. It's given us sweet dreams aplenty. And the Helix lineup offers over 20 unique mattresses, including the reward-winning Lux and Ultra Premium Elite collections, the mm. Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids Mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts everywhere. Say it again. Take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. Your personalized mattress is shipped right to your door, free of charge. Everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and field preferences. Unique girl, the way you sleep is perfect. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10 or 15 year warranty depending on the model. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash losculturistas. That's Helix Sleep.com slash Los Culturistas. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, go, Bo, yes. I was going to quickly ask, what, what what was Jamie Babbitt like on But I'm a Cheerleader? I know it was like years and years ago, but Jamie yeah, Babbitt 10, on But I'm a Cheerleader. No, but because well, she, so she was, ago. it was, well, she, but she, she directed some, some episodes of the first season of Nora from Queens. And I was just like, mm-hmm. oh my God, that's, that's Jamie. And, but like, but I'm a cheerleader, like, and I didn't, I hadn't rewatched it until the pandemic, until lockdown. And I was like, this is such an important movie. Like, look at everybody on this cast. It's mm-hmm. you, it's like Natasha, it's it's Clea, it's RuPaul, it's like all these amazing people. I'm like, what was what was that set like, I wonder? It was absolutely crazy. We were all <laughs> like 21 years old and uh-huh. crazy people. It was like we would wrap at 5 a.m. and then go like start a party, like have a party until 10 a.m. <gasps> like it was, we were absolutely crazy. It was really fun. But Jamie was so wonderful even then, like she was super young too, and she was like very in control right. of everything. And I've worked with her since. She directed a couple of episodes of the show Girl Boss that I did. Yep. And um, oh, right. one day we wrapped before lunch. <gasps> like she's so on top of it. Wow. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. a dream. A lunch wrap. I know. She's amazing. <laughs> Just making decisions. And yeah, it was lunchtime, and they were like, that's a wrap. And that's never happened before. She's so like. No capable and decisive and she keeps things moving but everyone's having a good time so the energy is high you know the energy and but i'm a cheerleader is like crazy because of 
her, yeah. like what she brings to it. I love her. Love her. Because you mentioned Jane Campion. Did you get to mm. meet Jane? Because we were actually at the Critics' Choice Awards. So Bowen and I were at the Critics' Choice Awards the night that you won for Yellow Jackets. And we were very excited. And we were sitting there and we sort of got, and I'm just going to say, wasted by the end of that night. And it, fe- it appeared <laughs> like everyone else in that room did too. But I, I do so. sort of remember Jane <laughs> Campion um, winning the awards. And I wonder, because you mentioned her, did you get to meet Jane Campion that night? I did. That was the night that I met That her. was the night that you met her. <gasps> Yeah, so the connection was, like, oh, was made. Hello, hello, <laughs> yeah. hello, the you. <laughs> yeah, she was so sweet. She was so wonderful. Very nice to me. It was a big moment for me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, to be honest, and we talked about it on the pod the next the the, the next episode from from that from the, that awards night. It was like. Matt basically had to like re-educate me because I was like, oh my God, like Melanie Linsky. And like, I hadn't started watching Yellow Jackets at that point. And I was like, that was such a special moment. And then Matt was like, no, you've seen, like she is, this is Melanie Linsky, the character actress. Yes. Like of our time. And like, just was walking me through And I was like, oh my God, that's right. No, you are. I mean, like this, this is the thing is it's like, it's, if you're someone who watches movies and like consumes like, film and television and you're like our age you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. you are a part of so many things and that has to be i wonder if you ever like look at your resume and you're just like do you have vivid memories of everything or like do you are you someone that like do you journal do you keep things like because you have such a vast body of work and it's all so diverse and so different and so you probably have people coming up to you all the time and saying a different thing. I would imagine now as of late, it's a lot of yellow jackets because it's this mm-hmm. moment. It's this like cultural phenomenon. But I wonder about when you look back, like if you have like not total recall, but good recall about the types <laughs> of things you've done, because it is it's crazy. Oh, thank you. I mean, it is kind of crazy to have been doing something for 30 years. Yeah. And just look back and go, oh, my God, this is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Yeah. I don't know. I read an interview a while ago where somebody was kind of like, blah, 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 her career up until this point. And now she's doing (laughs) all these great things. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hang on a minute. Yeah. I was so proud to be a working actor. I was so proud to make a living as an actor and just to be doing things and things that have like resonated sometimes, not always. But, you know, I feel... I feel really proud of like my career before this point, you know? Yes. I mean, yeah. and, and, and my, as, my as thing is, and even in trying to be a working actor now and trying to do it now, like it's, you know, there's this dream of like wanting to like build out. And I really feel like that's how you get good. You know what I mean? It's by doing yeah. a lot of different types of things and having a lot of different types of experiences. And I guess the idea is that work begets more work if you show up and you feel like um, you were on time and did the job. And that probably is what leads you to this idea of like, I'm just here a part of the community of the set, like not needing compliments, not being that actor because you have from the very beginning been like functional in -hmm. these films. And so you get to show up and that probably over time makes you ready to be number one on a call sheet on a huge show like this. And I wonder like, is the experience really that different now from then? Like now that you are number one on a call sheet and you are like the quote unquote star of this ensemble, even though like it is very much an ensemble. Very much, yeah. Yeah, but like you uh, do occupy like that 
role. And so I wonder, like, is that a little bit odd for you as someone that's always been a character actor? Or you just not see it like that? I don't really see it like that because the experience of going to work is the same. Right. And, you know, it's just going to work and doing the work in the same way. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I've ne- I think maybe because I've been like twenty five on a call sheet and right. number sixteen on a <laughs> yes. call sheet thousands of times. Um, I don't really pay that much attention to to that. I don't have like an ego. Not even an ego thing. I just mean like as in terms of a responsibility <laughs> yeah. thing. Sometimes there is this idea oh, yeah. of like leadership. You know what I mean? That I guess that's I do, what I'm. Talking I do about. feel a responsibility, especially because there's like younger actors on our show. Totally. Who I want to know are having a good experience. And I feel a responsibility like for the crew and stuff like that to make sure everybody's days are going smoothly and everybody's happy and wants to come back next season and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Obviously it's not all up to me, but yeah, I do feel more because I also noticed in the past when I was a supporting actor working with the people who would make sure everybody was comfortable, everybody was happy. It was always a big deal to me. But you can tell, I mean, even when you won that night at, at, the, at the Critics' Choice, it was like, it was that, that whole, like your whole section just erupted for you. And especially the younger actors. I know. <laughs> it makes me cry to even think about. It's beautiful. But that's a real thing, though. I would imagine that, you know, it's you, Tawny, Julia, and Christina. The four of you have all worked for a very long time, mm-hmm. some incredibly famously so. I mean, like, yeah. not just you, but Christina Ricci and Juliet Lewis, like, I don't know Tawny from like, I don't know if she was working as a child or anything, but like Christina and Juliet were massive, massive icons. Like, and and so I was watching something with the four of you. It kind of came up like that watching a younger generation of actresses or of younger actors is sort of wild now in Mm -hmm. 2023, as opposed to when y'all were doing it in the nineties, because, and you, and I saw something kind of flickered across Christina's eyes in particular, like maybe she had like been through it. And I was like, and of course, you know, Juliet, we know she's lived quite a life. And so Mm -hmm. it's like the types of treatment must be so much better now. And so that must be like something you're that's top of mind when you say like you want to make sure the younger actors are having a good time and like that their experience is good. It probably is because as actresses, it had to be like kind of the school of hard knocks there for quite a while. Oh my God. I mean, it was like so rough sometimes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. also like for me to find my voice on set and feel like it was okay for me to have an opinion or kind of push back a little bit if someone gave me a note I didn't like. Mm-hmm. My instincts are always very strong. So if somebody tries to direct me away from them, I don't have any training. I don't know how to do that. So I will kind of fight to stay on the path that my instincts are telling me to stay on in right. the performance. Um, but it was tough, you know, and then like weird harassment and, you know, like it was just not a fun time sometimes. Sometimes it was wonderful, but mm. sometimes it wasn't. And so I, you know, I was hopeful that the set of yellow jackets would not be (laughs) like that. But just in case I said to them, like, please come to me, come to me for anything. Mm -hmm. I'll go to the producers for you. I'll go to the producers with you, whatever you need. Mm. And they've all kind of been like, thanks. (laughs) Like, (laughs) they're fine. They're fine. It's such a different generation. Like, they're handling it themselves. There's no thing of them being like, oh, is it okay for me to say this? They're all like, I don't like this. I don't like that. Here's what I need. And it's amazing. It's so exciting. Yeah. I love it. Still so meaningful for you to like, I don't know, like lay that groundwork down or just 
set that tone in case there is someone who is like, I don't really know how to address this situation. Yeah, just in case. It's always scary to know, like, who can you go to? What's okay mm-hmm. if something is wrong? So, yeah, none of them have needed me, but I'm I'm still here if they do. They're either. all really cool. Like, whenever we're yeah. around them, because I, I feel like we pop up uh, around them a lot. Like, uh, you know, we, we see Jasmine a lot. We live in Jasmine a lot. Yeah, we see the two oh, of them yeah. a lot, just for, for whatever reason, at events and stuff. We actually, like, raged with them that night at the Critics' Choice Awards. And I'm telling <laughs> you, we were we were, we were were dancing in this area where also Jane Campion was dancing, and she was tearing oh. Jane Campion it was up. getting down. She was getting <laughs> down. And I remember we were just like, wow, like, that's really... I live was like, that's really Jane Campion tearing it up. I was like, <laughs> I mean, she's in a huge moment. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we always see them, and they, they do, like, have, like... All of them have this, like, just cool factor and i'm like you guys are the stars of yellow jackets aren't you (laughs) y'all are just cool they are all so cool (laughs) like so cool yeah i really do feel like the mum. i feel like i'm like is everything okay yeah do you do you enjoy like gnarly shows like this because you're appearing in several of them currently at the moment i mean you got like fucked up in the last of us spoiler mm-hmm. alert and then yellow jackets is such a gnarly show do you like are you someone that consumes stuff like that and are you able to sign up for projects like that and be like oh yeah today we're killing somebody i i guess so i mean <laughs> <laughs> i watch all kinds of stuff i, d- I yeah. don't i don't get scared easily i don't have any adrenal function so i don't get, <laughs> i don't like i literally i love really? it yeah i should be on Oh, I'm medication sorry. Or testosterone <laughs> or something like that. Jason tries to scare me all the time and he can't. <laughs> You're just like unmoving? I just go, oh, it's really weird. Like he'll hide in a dark corner and then come like bursting out. Oh, he is like, one of those, isn't he? He's a jokester. Yeah, he is a jokester. He's yeah. a jokester and a prankster. He's a frustrated prankster because <laughs> I can't be pranked. I don't have a reaction ever. So I, I don't know. I don't have a thing where I'm like scared about particular things. On Candy, it was like really sad just knowing that somebody had actually gone through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just thinking about There's, like just emotionally her little yeah. baby being in the house Ugh. while it happened and just what an awful thing for her family. And just, you know, I felt like a responsibility on that one to yeah. try to get it as right as I could with the amount of information i had but mm-hmm. the scary stuff is just kind right. of fun yeah i guess that yeah. i always feel like i could act in one but couldn't watch one i always feel like like yeah. i could probably do that because like you see the <laughs> you see like the nuts and bolts of it all but like watching yeah. it i literally i physically have pain yeah because like on the last of us there's this guy like there's this big huge bloater <laughs> creature who comes out and he's so huge and scary and then i'd see him in between takes with his fiji water like <laughs> someone's like feeding him his little you know because it's so hot in there and he was like almost passing out oh, oh. and so he had to like have his little sips of water and it was really sweet and endearing and then you can't be scared after you see that no no yeah. especially if jason if jason's one of the mushroom if jason's a clicker then you're like oh that's that's my guy yeah he's basically a yeah. clicker <laughs> My husband's basically <laughs> a clicker. It's actually rule of culture number one hundred. My husband's basically my a husband's clicker. basically a clicker. <laughs> I want to talk video games next time I see you guys. If if I would love to talk video games with Jason because I know he plays. He's a little Is gamer. He a gamer? All right, I'll switch off and look up into the ceiling. Just take a, <laughs> no, take no, a break no, for a I don't minute. Mean to <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do when he talks about video games. I'm like, ah. um, yeah, he is a he loves video games. Did he play the loves, Last of Us? Loves, loves. 
Yes, he did. It's his favorite video game ever. Oh, wow. So he was like, you have to do it. When they asked me to do it, he was like, you have to. No questions asked. Yeah. Listen, it makes sense because, Matt, I remember the first time I heard of The Last of Us, which Mm -hmm. was you and I were coming back from a Story Pirates show and Eric Gerson was in the car. There was this this trade show called E3 every Mm -hmm. summer. And this Mm -hmm. is like 2012, 2013 or something. And Eric, our friend Eric Gerson turns to me, he goes, they just announced this game at E3. It's being called the Citizen Kane of video games. Yeah. In terms of like narrative. And they're like, it's called The Last of Us. They, They did motion capture on it. It's going to be amazing. And I was like, really? And then I didn't play it until much later. But like the journey for the last, like the last of us has been like on people's minds for like a de- like over a decade at this point. And like, I'm sure you know, yeah. you know all this at this point. But like, I probably think that it was probably you weren't hampered by like all of the fan, the fan weight, the fanfare around it. Like you were just able to go into this role, this new role for the show. Yeah, and original be like, character. Let yeah. me just you know, let me just like start from scratch and I don't have to like be beholden to like a prior performance necessarily, maybe. Yeah, I was very grateful for that. I was like, thank God it's a new character. And also Craig wrote it for me, the creator of Mm. the show. He said, I've written this part for you, which was so lovely. Um, So then I also felt like he knew what he was going to get. You know, sometimes it's scary to not audition for things, Mm -hmm. but um also, I hate auditioning, so it's w- it's worse to have to audition. It's not the <laughs> but, best. <laughs> yeah, it's not the best. I'm very bad at it. Um, do you feel that? But, you feel not oh, good at auditioning? I'm really bad. What do you think? Is it is it do you do you struggle like with the lines in the audition, or do you feel like what like what is it with with auditioning for you? It's just the pressure put on uh, the, yeah, the one performance. Like you can't be yeah. loose with it. You can't see what happens. Like you have to make a decision. And commit to something and give like a thing and guess what they want. And it's like, you can't just like do your first take and have it be the thing that comes out. Right. And be like, okay, right. we'll like work with that a little bit. But I would imagine that you probably only have to audition for like the big stuff, right? Like there's probably a lot. You probably do get a ton of offers. Like have when's the last time you did like a self-tape? You don't do self-tapes. No. I mean, it's been a few years Thankfully, oh, so those, those are You're, misery. They're, they're they're really terrible. Awful. Thank you. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's rough. And the experience of just putting yourself on tape, mm-hmm. not knowing what they're going to want, w- without the ability to get notes and anything, it's just a completely different thing. It's weird that <sighs> our industry has like been okay. Obviously, that we've had because of the pandemic, but like I can't even stress enough how like much more fun it is, and how yeah. much more complete and you know, secure you can feel when you at least like have the opportunity to connect with like someone involved in the movie or casting director and take a note and actually feel oh like you God. acted that day and didn't just like guess at how you wanted to appear on your little phone. The guessing is so hard. And then also when you walk into an audition, it's over. Like yeah. you don't have any yeah. more work to do. You don't have to then, you know, try to figure out how to load it and send it and choose, go through all your takes and choose the take. Yeah. I will say my ex-husband was is very very good at doing self tapes like yeah he's he would, a great actor he would ne- he's a wonderful actor yeah. he would never have read the script he would be like brutal with the notes like oh. really tough <laughs> like so intense oh. we would always get in a fight but he was always right like he just had an instinct about it and then we would I got so many jobs from self tapes that Jimmy made wow yeah I got the informant I got um. 
win-win. I got like all these great movies from, and when we broke up, my agent was like, do you think he could stay? <laughs> Can we keep him on retainer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know. A couple of times I did ask him. I said, would you mind coming to do the self-tape? And he was very gracious about it. Um, but he's very like, I don't know. He was, he's kind of a master. He does it for everybody as well. Like a lot of our friends. Oh, really? Wow. Will have him, yeah. He like gets people jobs from his self-tapes. Oh, it's a skill. Thank God you booked skill. the informant because then Matt wouldn't be able to tell you that that advice. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I always the finding the person that you that you feel comfortable enough to ask to like put you on a self tape. It's so it might as well be a marriage proposal. Yeah. It, but yeah. It's but it's, it's so a huge like thing. <laughs> it's huge. Yeah. <laughs> and also doing yeah. it in a couple is frustrating too because like I remember when my ex Jared and I would would put me on tape, especially during during the pandemic or like right before. Like I, it's like that thing of when you when you go back and watch the clips of what you've done on your phone. <laughs> You literally see the worst version of yourself because there you yeah. are like stressed oh. out about to do a self tape. And he would just say something like, okay, so what do you think about? And I would just be like, no, we have to just do it. We have to just do it. And just like you're here, <laughs> you're watching yourself be horrible to deal with. Yeah. And then you're like, oh no, now I have just like all this archived footage of me like at my worst, like stressed, <laughs> trying to act <laughs> nasty to my boyfriend. Oh. It's awful. It's terrible. Oh my god! Terrible, terrible, Ugh. terrible. What? So, what are you watching now? What's in, what's inspiring you nowadays? I'm watching Poker Face. Yeah, you're a good watcher. You're always you're always posting about what you're what you're watching. I try to yeah. be supportive. It's so good. Natasha's so funny. <laughs> She's so funny. Peacock is nailing it lately. I just watched. Yeah. Peacock I got to see it. the first two episodes of Mrs. Davis with our. Favorite oh. person <gasps> in the world, Betty Gilpin. Oh, I worship her. Absolutely worship her. Isn't she amazing? She is amazing. She, you're gonna Incredible. love this show. It's it's like a wacko show. It's it's Damon Lindelof, but Damon Lindelof. Yes, I think it's the funniest he's ever been. Like it's really sort of like mm. a surreal like um comedy in a way. It's 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 I, I can't even really explain what it's about. I would just like emphasize that everyone should really give this one a shot. I think there's gonna be four episodes out like on 420 which is a great day to start watching this show um <laughs> okay. it's it's a it's really big for the stoner community but betty is one of those actors that just like everything she does feels brand new it's it's yeah. sort of yeah it, it's sort of maybe it's even s- similar to what you're saying of like you know instinctually like it feels like you can't fuck with whatever she's doing because it's yeah. always, it always feels very natural to her and very singular to her. And, you know, it's, it's, it's giving character actor as lead actress in that way very that you much. love to see, you know? Yeah. And it, and it is like that because I worked with Mark Marin and I was like, can you tell me everything about oh, working yeah. with Betty Gilpin? Mm. Because I worship her. I want to know. And he told me like, oh my God, it's incredible. You never know what she's going to do. Like the instincts are on fire and she's just like this thing, that, that like in the connection, like he just was like, it's one of the greatest things you could ever experience. Yeah. She's yeah. major. Have, have you read her book? I love her. Yes, I have. Oh, yeah. isn't it great? <gasps> oh, it's so it's good. I mean, I just like, she's absolutely incredible. I just love her. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you two would get along great. Yeah. Do you guys know each other? I've met her a couple of times. I actually, years ago, I saw her in like an off, off, off Broadway play. Yeah. I found out it was a very early thing that she did. Mm-hmm. And I just 
it was as though there was like a huge spotlight on her and everyone else on stage just kind of like blurred away. Mm. Sorry to all those people. <laughs> I'm sure they were great. <laughs> but um, I just was like, who is that? Yes. Like, Major. she is magnificent. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of followed her career since then. I'd be like, yeah. oh my God, it's the girl from the play. It's the girl from the play. And then I did get to meet her a few years ago and I just was like... Mm. I'm weirdly obsessed with you. Oh, we need well. that project. We need, we need we need you guys together. <laughs> you oh my god! I bet, oh, I bet the I would she would do it love in a that. Second. Oh my god! Oh, I now, would love it. Now too. I'm dropping everything to write the vehicle. Oh. I know. I know. We'll get to typing, Matt. Let's oh my do god! It. Wait, me and that's me and Bowen's first feature that we wrote, co-write together, but it's not even for us. <laughs> you have to be. It doesn't in matter. It. Yeah. Well, we can play tiny we'll parts. Figure something out. We'll we'll poke our head out of a window and go like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I love it. That'll be our that'll be our uh, contribution. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs, classic clogs, and sandals have both covered. And when we're talking about style, we mean personal style. There's just so many colors and so many gibbets charms. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood and to match your personality and to fit the occasion. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than the Crocs clogs and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. Okay, Bo and Yang, what do you think? Should we move to I Don't Think So, Honey? I think so. I think this is a great time to do that. Okay, so Melanie Linsky is joining us today on this episode of Las Culturistas, and it has come to the point in the episode where we do I Don't Think So, Honey, which is our 60-second segment where, you know, we really take the time to bring something down that sits up on a high perch, and we pull it, pull it, pull it down, and uh, that's I Don't Think So, Honey. I do have a topic. I did mention it at the beginning, but I feel like I have to keep going on it because it really was wild. Okay. All right. This is interesting. This is Matt Rogers' I Don't Think So, Honey. His time starts now. 
I don't think so, honey. Frank Ocean at Coachella. Here's the thing. It's just that oh. if you, you, you're allowed to be eccentric. Okay. You're allowed to be hashtag going through it. But the fact is, there was thousands and thousands of fans that came there to see you. And yes, I, I, I'm not, I'm not even like, maybe they had a good experience with it. I'm talking to some people that are like, no, it was actually beautiful. It's actually what I wanted from Frank. Dad gave us what we wanted. But a lot of people were kind of just like, here's the thing. If you wanted to see Frank and you wanted a good spot, you actually kind of had to post up very early and sit all the way through Bjork. Now, Bjork is someone that we love and are obsessed with, but Bjork was sort of doing a more experimental moment with orchestra. And I'm guessing that the Frank people maybe weren't Bjork people. So that's kind of the way that Coachella is set up. And I don't think so, honey, that like it's that difficult to get a spot. But look, when you're as popular as Frank Ocean, it's going to be that difficult to get Five a spot. Seconds. And when you're as popular as Frank Ocean, as Frank Ocean, you have to know that we have to honor the people in the crowd. I don't think so, honey. Also, the ice skating rink. And that's one minute. I didn't know about this ice skating rink until that's wow. He had an ice skating rink built and there but were, had to melt it down before he went on stage. Well, there were professional ice skaters that had, I guess, practiced for weeks and weeks to be a part of this performance. And then they came out with this excuse afterwards. Well, they were like, well, Frank hurt his ankle and so couldn't do the uh, the ice skating of it all and i'm like he didn't look like he hurt his ankle i mean he walked out on stage he did the thing i mean look i i can't speculate on what actually happened but i can say that the festival ended on a very dour sour vibe because mm, of all of it that's too and bad. it was just it was frustrating and also i'll say this and this will be the last thing i say about coachella so blink 182 was added to the set list um, very late and i think that on face value adding blink 182 into the mix is gonna feel very exciting and then you sort of get there and you see Blink-182 performing, and you see the crowd at Blink-182, and I can only describe it as kind of scary and haunted, because it's a lot uh. of straight guys screaming. And I'll say mm. this about the spoken word interludes in between the Blink-182 songs. It was a lot of, yeah, if we did this now, we get canceled for this one, or like, that, 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 like, still kind of like humor about like eating each other's moms out. You know what I mean? Like that kind of like boy humor from the 90s. And you watch it as a sort of queer adult and you're saying, hmm, if you're someone who like relentlessly needs to be like, yeah, we can't do this anymore. Blah, isn't remember the old days. It's like what you're explicitly kind of saying is that you're not cool with the way things are now or like that you like really wish for a time where things were quote unquote different or quote unquote cooler. And I'm like, okay, so like the intrinsic like thing that you're saying here is that you kind of like hate that like diversity is a thing. It just felt a little intrinsically homophobic to me. And I can't explain it because they didn't say any homophobic things, but the energy was very giving. I'm not going over there. Oh, you know what I'm sure. saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. It's sort of like whenever an Eminem song plays and you're like, oh, yeah. And then you kind of are like, no, I, I do think Blink was able to sort of like appeal to like a wider sector of people. And I do feel like maybe. Is that because there wasn't 
much more than that. You know what I mean? Like the monoculture kind of got us there. But I feel like they influenced so much. I don't know. I, Blink is interesting, and maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll dissect it dissect it a little bit more. Like I'm not here to yuck yums, and I, that was another thing I really didn't think so funny about the festival was like if you didn't like Blackpink, like stop saying it so loudly. Like so many people are here to see Blackpink. Like sure, sure, I get sure. it. Like every song is kind that's, of the that's same. not what you're doing. That's not what you're doing. No, 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 no. and I'm not yucking out. I'm just saying like what it, it's so funny and interesting to and this is like the monoculture of it all. It's like we all remember Blink One Two. We all know all the words. And then all I of a sudden, you're I don't remember. I don't think I could name a song. Blink One Eighty Two. What's what's <laughs> that's okay. What, that's okay. What's my I've age just again? Been sitting here trying to... All the all the small oh. things. You know, Blink One Eighty Two. Oh, those guys. Yeah, all okay. the small things. It's like yeah, mm. it, it, you remember it, and you're like, oh my god, of course this. It's comfort food, and then you're like, oh wow, if I give given the option nowadays, this would not be my thing. I, I understand. Yes, I think I think some music is like crystallized in amber, and I feel like and look, Blink's come out with a lot of a lot of new stuff that's great. But I feel like the 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 connective thing for our generation to Blink is like something that was in the past, and I feel like their commentary on the past is, oh, we it was a different time back then. I think maybe yeah. I don't know. I wasn't there. I wasn't there for this uh, this weekend. But that's the beauty of Coachella is that there is this nice little panoply of. Of, of of musical acts there and that's the thing too. i'm not that's defending anything. I loved, is that was like it was all ages it was all different types of people all different genres of music and that i think um is a good and positive thing is it's like you could like float over here and see christina and the queens and you could float over here and see you know this and that and whatever it's just like there was a lot of different communities there that added up to one big community it was just the blink 182 was giving a little halloween horror nights for me it was sure, giving a sure, little no you know, jump scare, straight man jump scare. No problem. Yeah. Right. Wouldn't scare Melanie though. No, because her adrenal no. levels are low. No, I have no adrenal <laughs> function. So I wouldn't be like, ah, but yeah. I, I would feel like a creeping dread inside my body. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And then you would use it in your next project. It does sound scary. It was scary. And also, like, we were yeah. the second we walked into Coachella, this straight guy kind of ambled over to us and was like, You guys excited for Blink 182? And I was just like, Oh, no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. I was like, Oh, <laughs> this is, I'm trying to get to Muna. I was like, I, I was like, I'm trying to get to Muna, girl. I, and he was like, Yeah. And he, was, and he started singing the song. And I was like, Oh, maybe that's actually uh-huh. much better in theory than practice the Blink 182 show. And then I watched like a live stream later or like the video from the live stream and like, just people moshing in the crowd. You, I don't want to mm. be around any moshing. I don't think so, honey. No. Moshing. <laughs> right. Right. Very, very, very Woodstock 99. Yeah. Yeah, no okay. thanks. Mm. I'm so happy to live mm-hmm. in the now. Uh, <laughs> Bo and Yang, are you excited about your I don't think so, honey, and galvanized? Yes. And I'm going to actually do a last minute pivot because I was going to do what I don't think so, honey, about how um, I wore a, a, a white button down shirt. This week, and someone called it Stealth Wealth. And I was like, no, this this was from Uniqlo, and it was $30. Whatever. People, Stealth Wealth is like, has just been kind of introduced into the the cultural Mm -hmm. conversation, and people are, people are sort of misusing it. Can you define Stealth Wealth? It's like logoless luxury clothing, which has, you know, kind of been popularized by succession, let's say, like these rich people who wear clothing that is like like, the row. It's the row. It's Max Mara. And it's like, you know, people said Gwyneth was wearing stealth wealth clothes at the uh, uh, during in in court. She likely was. So anyway, I wore I wore white button down shirt and someone someone's like, that's a little stealth wealthy. I'm like, no, this is this is feels like someone someone learned a term and wanted to use it. 
that's what it feels like to me. But I, I have then, I have something very relevant actually, and I and I didn't and I totally forgot about this, but I would love to talk about it. Relevant King Bowen Yang with his <laughs> I don't think so, honey. On this week's episode, his time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Oh, the wicked stills that are being shared are too dark and moody. It, everybody, I promise you, there will be light. The gaffers on this film are top notch. You will be able to see things when this movie comes out. Just you wait another 18 months or so. Thanksgiving 2024. We've got a long way to go. We don't. We, it's going to be a marathon, not a sprint. So just like, you know, look at the picture, go, that's nice and move along. You don't have to pick it apart and say, 30 seconds. Oh God, this movie, this movie looks this, that, or the other. And guess what? We're shooting the exteriors. So there are going to be all these drones. First of all, I don't think so many drones on film sets. Get those drones away from these exteriors. We don't need these drones taking photos of, there's nothing anyone can do about these drones being flown into these exteriors. And it's kind of stressful. And it feels just so invasive. I don't Five know. Seconds. Get those drones out of there. Stop taking the gl- pictures of the Glinda dress in Munchkinland. We don't need to show that just yet. And that's one minute. So you're confirming that was a real picture. I am just confirming that there are drones that are taking photos of the set. Don't get me in trouble, Matt. That is not well, what's I, happening. Well, I, I can't possibly get you in trouble for something that you, are you said. Say, you're, you're, saying, you're saying that it, there's a possibility it could be AI generated? No, get out. I think that, uh, well, I'll say this. I've seen a lot of good deep fakes. No, that's not what's going on. You can clearly <laughs> see that that's Ariana Grande in a, in a pink dress. No problem. Could be can, another can, blonde the, the, woman. This, no, 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 no. We're not going to okay, do so this. Okay, so that photo but, was uh, real. You're confirming. I, but all I'm saying is if a drone takes a photo of me this summer, I, I'm I'm bringing a gun to set and shooting it down. Okay. Trust, trust <laughs> me. Okay, well, that's another thing I'll let you just say on the podcast and you can be responsible for I'm it. I'm saying We'll bring a gun to set. Um, well, <laughs> I will say that I, I, I'm of mixed minds about this because one, I don't think we need the pictures this early. I just think like I, 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 let's let's wait. Like I just think we should wait. Like we, like we don't. It's it, the movie's not coming out for eighteen months. Like we can wait. Well, same goes for these Gaga photos in Joker Folia It's Like this movie's not coming out for another sixteen months, and and we're all like, you know, so yeah. so grateful. Mother, mother, mother. But like, yeah, you know, it's just say. this is just mother. We say. Anyway, but I was excited about it. I was excited about the photos. I thought that they looked very yes. wickedish. I thought when I they think wicked in my head, I think exactly those pictures. I think I think I saw yes. Elphaba and Glinda in the photos, and I get it. I think people are just on edge after the Game of Thrones of it all, and the sort of we're in sort of dark, you know, cinematography times as of late. You never know. Even the highest budget things sometimes end up being dark, so people are just concerned. Things will be well lit. That's all I'm going to say. That is my big spoiler mm-hmm. from set. That is directly from the set. Everyone, stop panicking. Stop worrying. Bowen Yang, who who iconically plays Fanny in the film, he is. <laughs> sent, can we say that? We can say that. Um, we can say that. The name is is so silly. Really plays in the UK. <laughs> people go, oh my my god, Fanny. That's that's your name. <laughs> oh, you know, they're like it means pussy in in in, in British slang. Does it actually? Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we called vaginas growing up. Fannies? Like, you're, you're fanny. Yeah. You're fanny. Oh. That's so funny because in American culture, a fanny is <laughs> booty. Fanny's butt. I know. Booty. I know. Oh, God. That's I know. one of those fanny. <laughs> when I heard about a fanny pack, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Vagina like, I was suitcase. so confused. 
Yeah, um, but okay. someone explained it to me. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, hopefully explaining something about why she doesn't like something in culture now is Melanie Linsky. Are you ready to do? I don't think so, honey. This is a moment in time for anyone that comes on the pod. No, I know. And I'm not ready. I'm so nervous. Does I've been matter. agonizing. I think I have something. Okay, good. The, the, first, the first thing that popped into my mind was like the general disrespect that people have for Renee Zellweger's two Oscar wins. Well, okay. Well, okay. Do you <laughs> okay, want to do okay, that? Okay. Well, I was going to, but then I was like, I don't know if I can talk about this for a minute. And like, do, is that how, pe- I just feel like people don't respect her enough, but, but then I pivoted. I bet you, I bet you can, I bet you can do a minute. Let, let me I tell you something. Do it for a minute. First of all, let me just say right here on this podcast, we have always yeah. respected Renee Zellweger, always. And Bowen, I, know that. I, I had an HBO Max podcast where we talked about movies and Bowen Yang came on a Renee Zellweger themed episode. And we respect both those Oscar wins, even though to I the believe high the first, I firmly believe the first one should have been for Chicago. And I think I do too. And that's, Nicole you know, Newton. that gets me yeah. in trouble with the Nicole gaze, but I believe Nicole <laughs> should have won the year before for Moulin Rouge. And yeah. so that's just, Agreed. and I believe we're all kind of a kerfluffle there, but you know, we respect Renee's as having two wins, no matter what they're for. I, I mean, I think both Absolutely. those performances are iconic. Very but then, so. but then I thought about something else that impacts my daily life that I would talk about. Okay, for, okay. for a minute, it's maybe not as fun. It's right. more of a, P- a PSA. No, we need a, we need the PSA. No problem. This is Melanie Linsky's okay. I don't think so, honey. Her time starts now. Okay, I don't think so, honey. Gum chewing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have misophonia. <laughs> I have a condition. Oh. I cannot stand it. Like people come up to me smacking their gum and trying to have a conversation. I cannot hear a word you're saying. I'm floating up to the ceiling. It creates in the brain of somebody who has misophonia. It goes directly to your fight or flight response. So you want to run away or punch somebody. And I can't punch anybody. So I'm just sitting there waiting for my moment to leave. 30 seconds. And in a full panic, like it, it puts me, I saw somebody the other day at an event it was really wonderful to see him. I hadn't seen him for a long time. A woman came up and stood next to him, smacking away at gum. And I was like, uh, now I don't know. I don't know what he talked to me about. I don't know what she talked to me about. And I should have like a little thing where I'm just like, I'm so sorry. I have a condition, but then people also don't really take the condition seriously. And they kind of roll their eyes and they're like, Oh, you're sensitive. You're sensitive. But it's like an actual real thing. And I wish we could ban gum. Oh my God. I don't think so. Honey gum chewing. And that's one minute. Wow. This is now that you've put a face to this affliction, you've put a face to two things today, (laughs) low adrenal function and misophonia. And misophonia. And those two things combined must be really hard because you've expressed wanting to punch someone chewing around you, but like you can't work up the adrenaline to do that. I don't have the energy to punch anyone <laughs> or that or the anger. <laughs> so where does it go? So, so the, the stimulus doesn't the stimulus can't land anywhere. It goes into I the work. Le- I just leave like I just go like <laughs> I just have to kind of like take myself elsewhere. But people do it like it's like a personality trait, like. People do it with so much like vigor. Yeah. And it's yeah. like I it it makes me it's, it's so crazy. What, and you don't chew gum. No, or if I do, I do it with my mouth closed like a human sure, being. Sure, sure. Like a human being. Melanie, yeah. Matt and I got got a lot of flack one time for an episode. Don't listen to this. It's the second episode of the the 300 great songs, the great global songbook. We okay. we had lunch delivered. It was a 6-hour long recording session. We had lunch delivered in the middle of it and we unfortunately we ate 
during the, the recording and oh. you can hear us chewing and people with misophonia who the readers the katie's with misophonia really really were upset and we're, we apologize to everyone for for that for that moment we we really Thank really you feel for the sorry warning. yeah don't listen I to that i actually was about to listen to those episodes <gasps> no no listen to the first and the last one but but not the second one okay all right, good to yeah. know. Or you know it's what, give three-parter. it a shot and maybe you'll come around. Maybe you're <laughs> no, will be cr- maybe no, you'll be like, you know no. what, with these guys, I actually can listen to them too. I, no, I no, no. All right. I can't listen to anybody. There was a time I was with my sister and my husband and he ran into like a group of old friends and my sister and I both just stood completely still the whole time. And then when oh. the friends had left, we like collapsed. We were like in such a panic. We were like giggling and screaming. And my husband was oh, like, what no. happened? And we were like, the gum, the gum. And he said, who had gum? <laughs> he doesn't my even sister hear was it. Like, oh, they, they don't even gum? notice it. <laughs> who had gum? Like imagine thinking who had gum. Uh, so this is yeah. like a family, it's a family yeah. disorder, it's, the misophonia? It's genetic. Oh, yeah, it's a genetic it? thing. Mm-hmm. Oh. I've heard. Yeah. My dad has it in my siblings. We now know. We now know. Yeah. And we will do better in sorry, the future. Sorry, I mean, sorry, sometimes sorry. the thing is we do get so hungry that we must eat, but not on mic, not anymore. And our, no. our Katie's out there with misophonia. <laughs> we see you. We hear you. We respect you. We love you. And we will do better. Oh, that's so lovely. You have a leader in Melanie Linsky now. Thank you. <laughs> Number one on the misophonia call sheet. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, I'll good. accept that. A leader in this industry. Okay, so Yellow Jackets is it out on? Is it out on Showtime on Fridays and airs Sundays? I love when they yes. do this iconic thing. Showtime of love of streaming and linear. Uh, you'd love it. It's confusing for me. I don't know when to tell people. No, I hate I'm it. Just like it's out on the weekend. Uh, it's out on the weekend. Yeah. You can watch it anytime. Yeah. 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 It'll definitely be up by Monday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think he's streaming on Friday and then airing on Sunday. Yes. All right, perfect. Yeah. Well, we are, I mean, Bowen, I mean, come on. <sighs> like, how do we even express what huge fans we are? We, we just believe you're one of the greatest out there. And we know you absolutely hate compliments, but we're not actually working with you right now. We're actually just, <laughs> we're actually flying yes, on a this podcast. This is not a professional so setting. Um, you're just the greatest. And we're so, we were so excited when you wanted to come on. And this is just the coolest. Well, thank you for indulging my dream of being on Las Culturistas. I love you both so much. You're both so, so, so talented in so many different ways. I just like this podcast has brought me so much joy. Oh. Both of your acting has brought me so much joy. Oh God! Uh, you as human beings bring me joy. Like this is really like a wonderful, wonderful experience. Thank you for putting up with my technical issues and my weird sinuses no. and no. my low adrenal function, which is always <laughs> um, yeah. Melanie, uh, this this was li- you. You are like our Steven Soderbergh. We we had the highest <laughs> expectations, and you you surpassed all of them. Thank you so yeah. much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Well, oh my gosh, uh, a moment in time. And Bo and Yang, we end every episode with the song. All the small things, true care, true brings, I'll take one lift, you're right, that's camp. And if you feel like being triggered or not, listen to Blink-182 on all streaming platforms. (laughs) Bye. Bye. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and 
all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.